Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. For today's episode, we are going to be discussing one of the most famous pieces of prehistoric art, the Venus of Willendorf. She's a small sculpture of a female from the Upper Paleolithic era. However, her size and simplicity are deceiving. In fact, this piece can tell us a lot about the prehistoric people that created her. Before we get started with the analysis of this piece, it's important to discuss how archaeology worked when it was found. The Venus of Willendorf was discovered on August 7, 1908. At the time, archaeology was in its infancy. Of course, people throughout history had been interested in ears before their own, but it wasn't until the 19th century that it really began to shape into a scholarly pursuit. This was, in part, driven by a sense of national pride. Industrialization and expansion allowed for wealthy citizens to finance and participate in digs around the world. They would bring home their finds to fill their national museums with, therefore creating a new center of learning that a country could be proud of. During one such dig is when a workman named either Johann or Josef Wehrmann uncovered the Venus of Willendorf. Willendorf is a small village near where the dig site was situated in Austria. He was under the supervision of two famous archaeologists, Josef Sambathi and Hugo Obermeier. I apologize if I mispronounce any names. I did my best using pronunciation guides. They both contributed to the study of early humans and the way they lived. Zimbathi was an archaeologist whose main goal was discovering prehistoric sites around the Austro-Hungarian Empire, his homeland. His career was quite successful, and he discovered many artifacts. In order to display them, Zimbathi helped found the Department of Prehistory at the Nustor Historisches Museum in Vienna, where the Venus of Willendorf still resides today. Obermeier's main focus was not on archaeology, but instead on anthropology. He wanted to learn how humans migrated and diffused across Europe. Obermeier's work took him around the world, with his most famous discoveries coming out of Austrian digs and Spanish caves. His work caught the eye of the Nazi party in the 1930s, because they believed it would help prove their Aryan superiority complex. However, Obermeier strongly disagreed with this, and he fled to Switzerland to avoid arrest and or death. Now that we've established how and why this piece was discovered, let's get into the Venus of Willendorf herself. She stands about 4.4 inches or 11.1 centimeters tall. She is carved of oolithic limestone. This is a type of limestone that is made of small egg-shaped orbs and tinted with red ochre pigment. Archaeologists have dated this sculpture to around 30,000 BCE. We'll discuss how later in this episode. The Venus of Willendorf is a very rotund figure. Her hips and breasts are round and full, the most prominent of her features. There are details such as a pubic region and a belly button, but she's anonymous, with no facial features added. The only thing on her head is a cap or some sort of elaborate braided hairstyle. Although we don't know exactly who she represents, more on that later, she is still a beautiful and interesting discovery. How did archaeologists figure out when the Venus of Willendorf was created? Obviously, the public is most familiar with carbon-14 dating. However, that method only works on organic, i.e. carbon-based materials. So, 
archaeologists had to use another way to date this sculpture. Instead, stratigraphic archaeology was used. This is a specific branch of archaeology that uses geology to help date objects. Essentially, as time goes on, layers are built up in the soil. So, the deeper something is buried, the older it is. Objects and organic material found in the same horizontal layer are assumed to be from the same time period. So, using this technique, archaeologists have dated the Venus of Willendorf to about 30,000 BCE. Next, we're going to discuss her speculated purpose, but first, we're going to take a quick break. get back into a deeper discussion on the Venus of Willendorf. For the past century or so since her discovery, archaeologists and art historians have tried to pinpoint her purpose. Unfortunately for us, writing wasn't invented until about 27,000 years after the sculpture was created, so the people that made her couldn't leave us a record about what their intentions were. But there are still a few ideas out there about why the Venus of Willendorf was created. The most popular theory is that this sculpture was actually a mother goddess and or fertility figure. This is why the piece received the name Venus. Obviously, the Romans didn't exist at the time of this creation, but it was a reference point for archaeologists who found her. There are a couple of reasons that this idea makes a lot of sense. Firstly, the most exaggerated features are her hips and breast. Those are the ones that are most related to fertility. They are the ones that draw the viewer's eye in first as well. Was this because they were supposed to be a point of worship? Secondly, the sculpture doesn't have an identity. There are no facial features. This is most likely because her face wasn't that important. What mattered most were those fertility characteristics. These details have led a majority of archeologists to believe that this figure was used as a point of worship for prehistoric people. It was most likely used to ask for fertility and or safe childbirth. This piece is an indication of some form of pagan religion, but true specifics aren't known. Another theory that has been put forth is the Venus of Willendorf represents an idealization of societal success. Her plump, rotund figure represents a large amount of food availability. This body type would have been achieved only if there was a surplus of food. So, perhaps she was a way for the prehistoric people to represent their goals and dreams. Regardless of her true meaning, the Venus of Willendorf was clearly important to whoever created her. As mentioned before, oolithic limestone, the material she is carved from, is not native to the discovery site. This, combined with her small size, indicates that she was a portable piece and important enough to take from place to place. The final part of our discussion is about the difference between artifact and art. Today, viewers look at this piece and would probably classify it as art. but for prehistoric people, there's no such thing as art for art's sake. Each object had a purpose. They weren't created just to be beautiful. Carving stone expended precious calories, so they wouldn't risk starvation unless it was for a very good reason, such as a religious piece. But over the millennia, the Venus of Willendorf has become an object of beauty for viewers, transforming it from simple artifact to beautiful art. The Venus of Willendorf is an exceptional piece of prehistoric sculpture. Although there are no written records to decipher her meaning, 
archaeologists are able to catch a glimpse into the world as it was in 30,000 BCE. Keep an eye and an ear out for our next episode on the Lascaux Caves. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.